Delighted to say, uh, we have on the line from uh, maybe her property in the Bow Desert, I'm not sure about that, in uh, Queensland, we have the leader and founder of One Nation, the political party, Pauline Hanson. Welcome to You Cannot Be Serious, uh, Pauline, if I may call you that. Of course you can, Sam. How are you? Good. I should, yes. I should call you Senator Hanson, but uh, we're... Please do not. No, no, I don't. No, I don't accept that. My parents call me Pauline. I'm very happy for that. I answer to it every time. Uh, thank, thank you very much. Well, now, um, I, I just uh, some. Uh, this was written about you. Uh, you're a fiery redhead, renowned for your garish or garish uh, wardrobe. So, how is the fiery redhead from Queensland going as we enter uh, Parliament, the next session of Parliament, next sitting of Parliament next week? I think. Well, Sam, yeah, it does start next Tuesday. Sam, I think I'm getting um, more bolder and, and um, opinionated as I get older. Uh, you tend to say, oh, what the heck? You know, um, I've got something to say and I have an opinion and I'm going to express it. And I think gen people in general are more that way because through life become more informed. You have a, you've got nothing to worry about. You don't care what other people think. And uh, you tend to say what you, what's on your mind, and that's me. Uh, and that is, uh, to a hell of a lot of people, uh, very refreshing to have from a uh, politician particularly. Uh, mind you, uh, Pauline, um, uh, those um, outspoken or uh, the fact that you speak your mind has uh, got you into some controversy uh, in, in, in the past. Uh, you know, you've said some things about immigration or migration and uh, uh, our friends who uh, share the country with us. Uh, that's, uh, I think you were uh, sanctioned for contentious comments about uh, other people who live in this country. But um, uh, that is your opinion and I tell you, I'm sure you resonate with a hell of a lot of people in the community. Sam, what I did was at the time, it was going back to 1996, I questioned the immigration numbers that we had coming in the country and the people we were bringing them in. Isn't it funny that since then, Philip Ruddock has admitted that there are certain people he shouldn't have allowed into the country. So because they're not um, similar in our views, our culture, and we've had a lot of problems with different migrants. And I won't pull back from that. Mm. To have a society that is going to be compatible, you have to have the same views and laws and customs, basically. But the majority of people that have actually migrated to Australia have become fantastic citizens, love this country. They pull me up all the time. And they say, Pauline, we totally agree with you. You know, because you're a proud Australian who wants to protect your country and its culture, this is why we've left our homeland because we don't feel part of it anymore, but we are now Australians. And we, you know, people here in Australia do not understand this because they've never left Australia to understand what impact is having in other countries, why they're wanting to migrate to Australia. So they think I'm a racist, in my opinion. No, I'm a proud, patriotic Australian who respects our culture, respects uh, the people that have come here for a different way of life, but please become Australian 
You know, respect our laws, our culture, and, and I'm happy. Uh, just, I, I, just before Richard uh, asks you a, a question, uh, I digress a little. Uh, you seem to be ahead of the curve because the man who is about to be the Prime Minister of the Netherlands, Gert Wilders, I think has almost to a T copied your platform. If you heard his recent <laughs> speech in Parliament... Uh, I thought, my goodness me, uh, the world and Great Britain and France are experiencing the problems with uh, a pretty lax political system uh, about migration or immigration. If you haven't heard, uh, haven't heard Gert Wilders, uh, you want to actually get the last thing that he said in Parliament as he announced uh, his uh, Prime Ministership, uh, you will think that he has stolen your handbook. Gert has been around, I think, for the last 20 years, and I came on the scene in 1996. <clears throat> Sam, a lot of people say, you know, I've moderated my views. I haven't moderated my views whatsoever. I'm still strong in my opinions. The fact is that the Australian public have caught up with me because we've seen the impact it's had on our country. Mm. That's why the Australians say, I've moderated. No, the Australians have finally caught up with me because I, I could see what was happening the path that we're taking. And politicians were the ones who actually used to have a go at me on my policies, call them racist or different ones, because I was impacting the, the not only the coalition vote, but also the Labor vote. So therefore they had to criticise me and put me down purely to stop people giving their support to One Nation. Pauline, you're really one of the first you know, politicians, not only in Australia, but around the world, to kind of raise this issue of mass immigration. And obviously, we've seen many mainstream politicians, um, like Donald Trump, for example, Gert Wilders, who Sam mentioned before. That's what I wanted to say. I mean, do you feel some, like, you, in a sense, you're almost one of the first populist right-wing kind of um, politicians to appear in Western civilization in the 90s like you did. I mean, um, you've almost led the movement, in, in a sense. What do you think of that kind of thing? Um, look, I, I came out and I voiced my opinion. I was ridiculed relentlessly for my stance, but I didn't back away from it because I believed it was right. And it's, uh, do I take any vindication out of seeing I was the first one there? You know, there's a lot of things that I've been the first one to come out with and, and make comments about, even multiculturalism, and I was criticised over it and they say we're a very um, <coughs> uh, multicultural country, which we are. At the end of the day, we are multiracial, but we must be Australians. As I said, respect the culture and the way of life and the laws of our land. Mm. But um, a lot of other countries now, and you find Germany, um, France, Netherlands, um, America, they're Great Brexit, Britain, Brexit. they're all now, correct, so they're all now saying multiculturalism hasn't worked. And I was saying that in my maiden speech back in 1996. When so, you were the member what? for Oxley. Were Correct. Yes. That's right. I was the first independent female to elect to be elected to the House of Representatives. And you got so, a lot. And then you got a yeah, lot of stick And for then it. launched my party. You got a lot of stick I, for it back then, didn't you? Yeah. Oh, I I was hounded, absolutely hounded by the media. And I remember Tim Fisher, Fisher came out one time and said I should be uh, burnt at the stake. And uh, I remember Tim Fisher saying that in a comment about me. Um, ridiculed for my association or ridicule of the Jews, which I never did, and all being vindicated now because it never happened. But everything that they could, they threw at me to, to actually denigrate me in the eyes of the public. 
And the only way I survived was because I travelled the country about nine months a year holding speaking engagements around the country so that people could hear from me personally and not just what the media wanted to portray of me. Now, just before we get on to why you might have been or should have been burnt at the stake, is there anything... So you had some contentious things to say about our uh, Indigenous friends that live uh, with us and uh, uh, with us, and uh, we've just celebrated Australia Day in uh, some sort of fashion. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, is there any... Uh, so what have you said about... Uh, just to clear that up, I, uh, what is your stance on uh, what you ever said and why you got... I think you got expelled from the UA the United uh, Australia Party, didn't you? From, from no, no, no. No, you no, didn't. I was I'm sorry in, about no, that. no, no, no. I only formed One Nation Party. Um, that oh, was initially that. when I joined as a member of the Liberal Party in 1995. I was endorsed as a candidate in November of 1995. And then 14 days outside the election after I had been nominated as a candidate for Oxley, John Howard was uh, very nervous at the fact that he could have had a racist candidate. And all I did was I pointed out in a letter that I wrote to the local newspaper that I was calling for equality for all Australians because Robert Tickner, who was the minister under Paul Keating at the yes. time, said we shouldn't lock up Aboriginals. And I said, well, what sort of society would we have? We treat different um, sections of our society totally different to others. If you commit a crime in society, you must be punished for it, regardless of your race or cultural background. And I called for equality. And um, this is why they got very nervous about it. it. came from John Howard. I had to be disendorsed. Well, I when see. they disendorsed me, that's when I went on to win the seat with the biggest swing in the nation because yes. the public supported me. Well, in that regard, <laughs> you're a bit like Donald Trump because the more they have a go at him and the more they try and uh, suspend him or, uh, or, or sanction him, the more popular he gets because um, we have the uh, social elites uh, trying to push an agenda and uh, the populist, uh, the populism of um, both, perhaps you, I'm not liking you to Trump, but the populism of uh, you both is what resonates with the rank and file out there, Pauline, I think. Yeah, see, Donald Trump and I have a lot more in common than people would sort of think. We're both, both proud of our nation and we've actually believe in manufacturing, um, protecting our borders, immigration. Also, we've both been on Celebrity Apprentice, but there's one difference is that I've been to prison, he hasn't. So Not that's yet. true. But they've <laughs> gone after him legally, uh, Pauline. Do you think there's an interesting ah. parallel there? And wasn't it terrible when they went after you uh, legally? I remember when that happened. I mean, you know, everyone was shocked and I think couldn't believe it. No more shocked than I. And I remember that going through the six-week trial, of course, they had to, I had to pay back that half a million dollars that we got back in electoral funding, which I've never received back from the, from the electoral commission. But um, I spent 11 weeks maximum security. I had a three-year jail term, non-parole. Anyway, um, it was only on my third appeal that the full bench overturned yep. the uh, the whole thing. Um, and it was it was a public witch hunt. It was a witch hunt. But the public, uh, you, about 90% of the public um, didn't agree with my jailing. But um, that was started by Tony Abbott, who got a trust fund together of 10 prominent Australians to deposit $10,000 each into an account to actually fund the case against me. Since then, he has apologised for it. But um, it was a time in my life I was absolutely you know, de devastated with it. And um, I never thought I'd be found guilty on the evidence that was presented in court and people that actually lied on the stand. 
but it's another experience in my life and uh, you can't keep dwelling on it. You just move forward and learn by experiences. And that was what they said was for election fraud. Correct. Yes. And you were vindicated entirely by the Queensland Court of Appeal. Of course. And basically all they're saying is when I registered the party in Queensland, there weren't 500 members of the political party, 500 members of the support movement, and that was the guts of it. Now, I said you were suspended from... uh, You were never suspended from any political party. I got that wrong, did I? No, I wasn't suspended. I I was uh, thrown out of the Liberal Party. (laughs) I I was disendorsed, so they threw me out. But I went on to stand as an independent in that election. That's why I wanted as an independent. All right. Well, I'll take that as a a subtle difference, uh, Pauline. So um, I take you on advisement. What what semantics. (laughs) Now, Now, who do you trust? Do you trust... Who do you trust in politics, whether they be from the right, the left? Do you have anyone that you think, well, that's a reasonable man or woman, that's a reasonable thing to say, and I think that they're uh, being objective and not subjective in this uh, really uh, probably dishonest and corrupt uh, thing known as politics? I'm trying to think through the everyone that I've sort of met in ah. that place and who do I... And you know what, um, Sam, it, it's awfully hard. You see... Um, I see people who sway with the whichever way the wind's blowing. Yeah. I see people who just say what they need to say to, to keep their seats and don't upset the apple cart, um, you know, because they won't get endorsement next time around. And one Labor member there has been there for quite some time. You know, Labor all voted for the voice, you know. They were dead set, all supporters of the voice. Do you know that after I went back to Parliament... Um, after the voice referendum, he called out in the, in the hallways behind the chamber, Pauline, you were right. Everything you said about the voice, you were right. And you wouldn't like to name that person, I presume? No, I'm not going no, to. Just no. in confidence and, and yep. it's, it's no benefit to me to do it and I'm not going to do no. that. But um, that's what frustrates me is that I see people say one thing and do another thing on the floor of Parliament. Well, the you- only one that I truly trust who stands by their morals and principles and is my other colleague in Parliament, Malcolm Roberts. He's He's a man of integrity. He is full of integrity um, and he's he's so straight um, and I've got a lot of time for Malcolm. I only ask this uh, absolutely, uh, this just uh, genuine question. Uh, You you, uh, were the member for Oxley, then you... uh, before you started or founded One Nation, tell me if any of this is correct, you were in the Liberal Party, then the United Australia Party, and then you founded, did you not, One Nation in 2014. Is any of that correct? No, completely. (laughs) Completely not, that's not right. No. I joined the Liberal Party in 1996, August of 1996. I became the candidate in the November... And I was disendorsed in the February. <clears throat> anyway, but I won the seat. Yes. After I won the seat, then I actually formed my own political party, in, uh, which is One Nation, in 1997. Oh. I launched it in wow. April 1997, One Nation. Now, when I, when I had a falling out with the party because David Oldfield and a couple of other members elected Parliament as One Nation members from WA and David Ettridge tried to take over the party from me. Okay, so... Now, just before you go on, 
just before you go on, Pauline, yes. this was what I... I'm very sorry, I, I, I've got this written down. It says One Nation 1997. I thought, no, that couldn't be right. But the reason I was getting on to that is, did you think, uh, did you, do you regret recruiting the... Did you get the wrong people to back you in your initial foray into politics? And did you think that those people tried to exploit you before you realised what was going on? Sam, I don't regret it. You can't turn back the hands of time. Now, the fact is there was no one else. At the time, we worked extremely well together as as a group. But, you know, with the three of us, David Ettridge and David Oldfield. Why did they try to take the, the party, party over, uh, Because they thought Because they had their own egos and um, they just, what they did, knowing that, quite a few others, and I'll tell you who they were, it was Graham Campbell, Noel Crichton-Brown and Ted Rain who was part of it from, from Victoria, they all, and with John Pasquarelli, who was then my chief of staff, they all wanted me not to form a political party but then stand an uh, independent movement and just use me as a figurehead. So here they thought this woman, who had no idea about politics, come straight out of a takeaway fish and chip shop, that what would she know? We know better than what she does. Well, so they wanted to manoeuvre and manipulate me and I told them all to go to hell. Well, besides me getting the dates wrong, I reckon that's just about what I said, that uh, you uh, recruited or had the wrong people, got into bed with the wrong people who had ulterior motives that were uh, not in your best interests. Yeah, but this this is a group of people prior to David Oldfield and David Ettridge yes. and Forming One Nation. If I hadn't um, done that with them at the time, there was no, there was no one else. It doesn't matter what, what you do. You know, it's about you have to you have to get to know people. Okay, it's it's something over a long period of time. Even to this day, people I've I've worked with me um, because they get their nose put out of joint. Because mm-hmm. uh, I'm I'm very you know hard in my views in a lot of ways, Sam. But I expect loyalty and I expect respect and I and people who are competent and doing a job. Mm. If they can't, they're of no benefit to me. I'm only as successful as the people I work with. Well, it's Donald, a team effort. Donald Trump has had a few people who formerly worked for him turn against him as well. I mean, do you think this is part of like, because you know, there's been a constant attack upon you. You seem to have been somebody in the Australian uh, political scene who just wanted to speak up for Australians, for real Aussies. And, you know, you've just been constantly attacked for this for over 25 years. And it seems like they've even gotten to a couple of your advisors, maybe in the case of the one Sam was mentioning before. It has been, um, but see, these people uh, all thought they knew better than I. And like I said, I was very green in politics. But my life's experiences and things that I've done in my life has given me a sense of, of um, understanding of the grassroots Australian because I still consider myself a grassroots Australian. So when I look at an issue, then I say, how do I genuinely feel about that? It's not about whether I'm going to get an extra vote. It's not about that. It's it's To be a politician, I'll put it this way, you have to be a problem solver. You have to have vision for the future. And a lot of people lack that. A lot of people are just yes people. Hmm. And just to go along with it because they don't want to upset the apple cart and they don't want to stand out in a crowd. It's authenticity. So, I think you have a certain authenticity that resonates with people. I know I've spoken to people about you, and you know, people just say you say what you think, a bit like Sam does sometimes. Yeah, yeah. It's um, and that's what people find refreshing. They may not agree with me all the time. This is what one fellow on the plane said only about a month ago. He said, 
loud. We were just waiting to get off the plane. And he just, he was a couple of seats back and he said, Pauline, I've got to tell you this. He said, I don't always agree with what you say. He said, but I respect the fact is that you, you, um, uh, yeah, you know, just... uh, believe in yourself what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, so have you ever heard uh, some of your male counterparts referred to as bald-headed and drab dresses as opposed to fiery redheads and renowned for their garish wardrobe? What? <laughs> what? Uh, I think that's sort of half a compliment <laughs> to be a fiery redhead. I <laughs> I've got no problem with my red hair, but the garish uh, wardrobe, I'm always getting complimented on being one of the best-dressed females in the floor of Parliament. Um, the only thing that I've been outlandish is when I wore the burqa in the Parliament. I think that threw a few people. Maybe they're talking about that one. Yeah, maybe. That was a good one, wasn't it? <laughs> now, um, you're going to, uh, whether really directly or indirectly, uh, the, the world is, uh, this is only me, so is going to hell in a handbasket at the minute. In every corner of the globe, mm. uh, there's... Uh, conflict and contention and uh, not contention um, controversy going on so you're going to have to deal with i don't know what your opinions are on the climate electric vehicles renewable energy palestine and israel the abc <laughs> critical race theory which is going into the schools you got you're probably there, there's so much on everyone's plate these days that uh, it's hard to know where to start i've spoken about all these topics you've just raised on the floor of parliament and I will continue to speak out against it. I cannot believe the way the world's going, Sam. And it just um, frustrates me. It angers me. And this bunch of idiots out there. And why I say that is that we as Australians, the, the future of our nation lies in each and every one of our own hands. Mm. And if you don't stand up and say something or take an interest in politics and know who you're voting for and why you're voting for them, you're the only ones to blame. You know, we've, we're on the cusp of possibly losing our control over our own country. And I, I've, um, I honestly believe that. We've been manoeuvred and scammed with climate change to head down a path that's destroying our prosperity, prosperity our um, future, um, the cost of living. We've got a class war going on at the moment as well. This transgender... Um, crap that's going on, excuse me, but no, it is, sport, and it frustrates yep, yep. me, yep, um, that's happening at the moment. I tried to get a Senate inquiry up into gender dysphoria, which was um, not supported, and this was only giving parents the opportunity to speak about what's happened to their own children. We're allowing children under the age of 18 to have um, life-changing um, yep. operations that it's destroying their lives, ending up like vegetables just destroyed, locked away in their bedrooms. With um, the woke identity is just ridiculous. We can't even identify. A lot of people can't even say, honestly, what is a man or a woman? Um, they shut down with the whole lot. Um, you know, EV vehicles, people don't understand. It, they can be a death trap as well. They're not the answer to the future. We've been lied to about this climate change and only 97% of, of carbon dioxide is from natural sources only 3% from humans, and we're less than 1% of that 3%. So, <laughs> so, crazy, isn't it? So as, as you would be aware, there's plenty of people that are diametrically opposed to uh, what you say and what you think, and that's uh, the political nature of the uh, system that we live in. But have you been able to uh, quantify what are the main 
things that you say that your opponents vehemently disagree with? Is I mean, I've I've read I've read it. Believe it or not, I've read the main points, the bullet points of the Constitution of One Nation or the Manifesto or the or whatever you yeah. like to call it, and I would fi- I think you'd be hard pressed to find people of good faith would say, I can't find a hell of a lot wrong with any of those things, but people rip you, uh, rip the party and you apart for, I don't, I'm, uh, mm. people are not objective these days. It's so subjective to be uh, the follow of a particular mainstream political party that people's reality of what's going on in the world completely is completely lost. Well, it is, Sam, and the problem is that these these kids are being brainwashed in the educational system. Yep. So critical thinking, you, you mentioned it before, it is. Do you know, and then we've got to be apologetic to the Aboriginals or people going out there protesting, this is Aboriginal land, always is, always will be. No, it's not. If you feel that way, then I suggest you hand over your land to the Aboriginals who feel that way because they're not getting mine. I've worked for mine, and I was born here in this country. Um, you know, there's so many problems people um, are too lazy to research and to understand. So they listen to the last person that they spoke to or they don't research to understand the facts and the science behind it all. They don't believe the government would do the wrong by them. Uh, governments, I don't trust them and their policies, their legislation, because too many are manipulated by, by the unions or big, big business or the UN, and we're being controlled by that. Um, unless we get fair dinkum people on the floor of parliament who actually have this country at heart and the people's welfare at heart. Mm. Nothing's going to change. Well, you seem and to that's have, what you, I'm fighting for. You could start the MAGA movement, make Australia great again. <laughs> Pauline is a pleasant <laughs> idea. You could, we could, you could buy the same you could buy the same hats, the same caps, M-A-G-A. Well, I tell you what, Sam, it might be a good idea because um, maybe you can help me because people out there just need a good shake-up. They really have to start thinking for themselves. It used to be the, common sense. It used to be the Liberal Party would say some of these conservative things, but it seems like they've you know seceded the floor and that they buy this climate change nonsense and they buy into a lot of this kind of you know um, woke politics, which you often wonder, I mean, not completely, obviously, and it seems like that One Nation, yourself and Malcolm Roberts, are the, two of the people who only actually will stay up and say the truth. Well... We present the facts to people. Before I go on voting on legislation, <clears throat> I like to get the full facts and I do my research into it so I'm making the right decision on behalf of the people. So you see, people have put their faith and trust into me because I'm making decisions for the future and their well-being. So that's why it's very important to me. I'm not going to get up and say something that I don't personally believe in or true believe in the facts that come with it. And this is why I've raised a lot of issues. But like I said, too many gutless politicians in our parliaments who are only there for their own um, survival and the pay packets. They shouldn't be in parliament. They're useless, absolutely useless. So, so before people listening to this think that uh, we are just here giving you a sweetheart platform to push uh, your propaganda and we're not uh, challenging you on anything you say, I, I can only ask you about what your opinions are about things. I have asked you who disagrees with you and on what basis. Uh, if if um, Mr Dutton, I think he's the leader of the he opposition, is, yes. if Mr Dutton wanted to try and win the next election, 
Could you tell us what the difference between uh, the northern states' politics is and the southern states' politics is, particularly Victoria, because uh, we have uh, been under the uh, tutelage or the reign of the most corrupt and dishonest government probably in the history of the world for the last four years down here, the Andrews government. And um, uh, I'm just wondering what is the difference, in your opinion, between north and south's politics? The North and South politics, what's happening in Victoria is you're being controlled by the media. So the media never took um, Daniel Andrews to task. And the same as they don't take Anthony Albanese to task as what they did with Morrison or that, uh, or any Liberal leader. The media has been um, come through a system where they've been brainwashing the educational system again. They're all coming out of celebrities. The media also is different to what it was 20 or 30 years ago. These were these were journalists who researched, did their job. The media today are lazy and most of them are left-leaning, pushing their own agenda or bias. As I said at, at a university one time when I was doing um, lecturing, or not lecturing, but I, I was invited as a guest speaker to them, and I said to the media, you can either make or break a person on how you put that article across. I said, all I ask of you is present the facts, let the people judge me. It is not your job to put your own opinion there. <clears throat> and that's what I said to them. And that's too much happening these days. We're not getting the truth put forward. That's why the people are being controlled by the media and especially the ABC. That's not a fair and balanced program at all. And, uh, and that's where people are only getting what the media want them to hear. Why is there no conservative show on the ABC? I mean, obviously, it's meant to represent, you know, at least um, you know the majority of Australians, and the, every talk show on there is left leaning. I mean, there's not a single conservative host on the entire network. And same with the SBS, as a matter of fact. I mean, couldn't we have one? <laughs> you wanted well, to rename it the Patriotic Broadcasting Commission, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> Me, I never said anything. What I'm going to be moving um, because the uh, Stream Broadcasting Commission bill is, um, is coming up is um, I wanted actually to be funded by um, ind- individuals who want to actually um, go on and watch the ABC. I'm fed up with the taxpayer funding it to the tune of $1.1 billion a year just for the ABC alone to get this biased rubbish that they put across the people. And uh, I think that let them stand on their own two feet like any other commercial station, same as SBS. Mm-hmm. SBS was started up in the early 80s, and that was for the Multicultural Society. We, we don't need to fund them to, to the tune of eight $300 million um, a year to that. Um, let people go and fund it themselves if they want to watch it, or let them commercialise, sell their advertising like commercial stations do, and let them stand on their own two feet. If we're going to get this biased all the time, I'm, I don't want my taxes to go towards it. Now, when you became the member for Oxley, uh, Pauline, um, I p- presume you had to, had to divest yourself of the fish and chip shop or it was, is, was it a conflict of interest to have a business while you are in Parliament? And if so, did it have uh, Pauline Hanson's fish and chips and is that sign still on it? Because the person who bought it, I think, should be paying royalties to you. <laughs> Oh, Sam, that's so funny. No, there's no, there was no conflict of interest. Actually, I still had it for a year after I was in Parliament. And um, I worked the shop, and uh, sometimes when I'd finish in Canberra my parliamentary week, I used to go in there and work on a Friday night and help the staff out. 
so it was a thriving business, but no, I just couldn't cope and do with everything and deal with the running the business as well. So I sold it in 1997. And uh, so anyway, but we've got a surprise coming out now and um, that we're, we're going to launch a fish and chip van. Uh, uh, so. You, what, what are you doing? <laughs> so I thought, well, you're, you're the first, Sam, to tell you this. We've, um, we've got a van, quite a large van, and uh, we're going to take it on the road and um, serving fish and chips. Hans- so we, Han- haven't, we haven't done to launch Beautiful. yet. You're back. You're Hang back. on now. Hanson's Mobile Fish and Chips. And you're going to Basic, yes, you're going to yes. drive the bloody thing. Yeah, well, I'll be in there cooking. Will you? Don't worry. Um, with the fish and chips, but um, what I'd like to do, we haven't sorted out where to go first, but I'd like to go to some some area around Brisbane in the outskirts of Brisbane. Um, people who are doing it tough, you know, um, to actually pull up and and give them a free feed and oh, uh, free. Yeah, yeah, on the first one, yes, it's got to end up paying for itself. But um, no, to, you know, make the potato scallops and fish and chips and stuff like that. But just to give people a taste. Those people are doing it tough out there. And uh, that's what we want to do. And it's it's got our cartoon series on it. So that's another thing that we're doing. Our cartoon series has been a complete winner. It's informed people about politics. We've got the younger generation coming on board. Yeah, a lot more people that. understanding politics. So it's uh, and sometimes our cartoons will get a million views a week. Tell us about your cartoon series. I've seen it online. It's fantastic. It's really really funny, and it has a lot of other. It sends up a lot of other people in Parliament, right? Yeah, it does. Actually, we're going into our third year, and uh, it's been very very successful. And uh, we fundraise for that. We don't sell it to anyone. It's it's there for anyone to view it, and we we fund it by through our sale of rum or our gin. So uh, that's what we've done. So we've got our own. Please explain bottles of rum and gin. So that's what funds the cartoon series, and uh, been very successful. A lot of people pull me up with that, and they've learned about politics. Where can um, you find that online? Where can you find it on Facebook? It's on or YouTube. YouTube. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, on the One Nation website, onenation.com.au. Org, sorry, OneNation.org. Um, so that's our, for the cartoon series it's on YouTube, please explain. So um, very successful. So um, now I'm just getting back to the fish and chip van. Have we, uh, an aspiring van trader, have we got the thing, have, have you got a van? Could someone supply a van? If you, I'm not sure if they'd be game to supply the van. <laughs> would, would it be no, a no, good we've promotion? Got the van. Have you? No, we've got the van. No, no, it's, Where'd all, you get it's that? all ready to go. Is that we had it sponsored. Cu- we had it custom made. No, no, had it custom made. Custom made. Wow. Specifically it- built to my specifications. So it's got yeah. um, cookers, a hot plate, everything in it. But, so so Aussies, no, there you go. Aussies are going to get to taste your fish and chips again. That's the good news. Yeah, look, I, I had it for 10 years, Sam, the shop for 10 years. Yep. And uh, from working it myself about 80 or 90 hours a week, and I only had one girl on a Friday night for two hours, Saturday night for two hours, and I worked the rest of it by myself. I still had three children at home at the time, the youngest one, two and a half, single mother. And um, and then I built up the business and um, so I had uh, six on a Friday night and three every other night. Uh, so uh- it's... And yeah. what, what's the what was the big seller? It was at the uh, uh, two flake and uh, minimum chips, or what, what was it uh, when you were in the business? Or did they go for the uh, luxury items like the uh, King George Whiting uh, with uh, yes? 
Yeah, Sam, the, the secret was that I, I actually, for eight years, I went down to the markets in uh, Brisbane. I did my own buying at the, at the fish market. So I had up to 12 different varieties of fresh fish, prawns, crabs, oysters, um, whole fish, everything. So it was having that fresh fish. And I made my own potato scallops. So I do about 700 to 1,000 potato scallops a week. And for the record, it's it's going to be what's it going to be called? Hanson's chips, or what is it going to be called? Who well, haven't we got a what? name for it yet? What about the fiery redhead sweeps through town? In a... <laughs> I, look, um, I don't know what they put on. It's the it's the cartoon series that it's already on. Oh, van. I see. Yep. So it's so it's a it's a van about four meters, five minutes long. So it's a big van. Uh, so it's big, have you big got van. your heavy duty license to drive the thing? Um, no, someone else is going to do that. Oh, you just need the heavy duty license. Um, <laughs> Sam, you got you have to divest your your chores and duties to other people. I can't do it all myself. Exactly, and I know my limitations. Now I don't know how oh, you just mentioned you have three offspring. Uh, do, do you not? You just mentioned that I think four children. Four. So I don't know yes. what age they are, but how are they handling the? F- uh, the infamy or the famous name of Pauline Hanson, Senator, a Queensland Senator for One Nation. How do they handle life as they? I don't know if there Look. is a Mr. Hanson or I, I, it says here, I'm, I'm, I don't know if you want to speak about this and don't if you don't, but it says you are married to someone called Mr. Zorowski or Zagorski or. But I'm done oh, that was my first marriage. That was in 1971. Right, he was good. Polish. He was Polish immigrant. Um, he came out here with his mother, six years of age, from well, who are the father Europe, of your kids? Poland. Um, so anyway, uh, he's well. I don't know if he's still around, but the second one he died years okay. ago. Yep. So I've been really uh, single mother chips, since did he? 1987. Right. Good on. Don't, yeah. Don't be cheeky, Sam. No, that, okay. that, that, that is cheeky. That is, I take that back, Pauline. <laughs> Senator Hanson, I do take that back. Uh, so, how do they, so how how does your family, your immediate family, your friends, how do they handle? I I can resonate a little with this with my kids and me. But how uh, do they handle the uh, the the Pauline Hanson brand? Um, <clears throat> look, my kids uh, when they were in boarding school. The girl was 13, the boy 15. <clears throat> they really had it tough at that time. One time the police had to get her out of this school from threat to her, so they, they got her out of school. Of course, I had federal police protection for 18 months, 24-7, um, everywhere I went, even on the property, because the threat was against my life. Uh, for, for, so anyway, poli- it, for political reasons? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, um, oh, my views. So anyway, um, I had that. But the kids have uh, are proud of me. Um, we're very much on the same lines, you know, way of thinking. Um, and it's no, my friends are very supportive. Those ones that aren't, you know, well, they're not my friends, you know. And and you just associate as you go through life, Sam. At some point, being around people you're going to argue, debate with, and everything. You, people have differences of opinion, but uh, all my friends, my close friends, have have remained strong to me and um, been very good. Now, Pauline. Uh, thank you so much for uh, speaking to us. Uh, it is very refreshing to speak to a politician, particularly who speaks their mind. Um, uh, you are a successful Australian, whether people agree with you or not. And if people think we've given you an easy ride, I can assure you that uh, if we had someone on from the complete polarised opposite of politics, uh, we would 
just be as convivial and congenial to them. Uh, we'll ask them questions we think the public want to know the answers to, and uh, we hope we've done that with you. And we do wish you well, and thank you very much for joining us on You Cannot Be Serious, Pauline Hanson. It was an honour. I, Sam, yep. can I just yes. respond to that? Go ahead. You've asked me the questions. People have listened to your program. They have to make up their own minds on how I've answered your questions, not about whether you gave me an easy ride or not. Is that how did they how did they respond to the way I've answered your questions on their behalf? So yep. let people judge me not think, themselves. Not sure how I could ask you the, the questions I want to ask you in any other way. As I say, we'd do it to whoever we uh, spoke to. I, uh, I, I uh, am a sort of a, I'm a supporter of yours, but uh, that shouldn't be reflected in uh, the way we've conducted. This chat, so I appreciate it. All the best to you. Thank you very much, and thanks for having me on. And uh, nice to talk to you, Richard. Thank you. Nice very talking much. to you as well. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.